Hey, how's it going? Xander Fryer, best-selling author and CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here. And you are listening to the High Impact Coaching Podcast, the podcast for coaches by coaches and designed to help coaches uh, build and scale profitable coaching businesses so that they can get to the people around the world that really need them. On this podcast, you, you're going to have everything from uh, tactics, live tactics and strategies. You're going to have motivational content. Uh, you're going to have interviews with the top experts in the world in different spaces to help you grow and scale your business and get to the thousands of people that need you. It's our belief that coaches are at the front of the spear when it comes to world change. And we want to make sure that you have all the resources that you need to get to the people that really need you. So that being said, if you need our help in any way, shape, or form, feel free to go to xanderfryer.com. We've got tons of other resources and support at xanderfryer.com. Um, if you want to join our free Facebook community with thousands of other six-figure, multiple six-figure, and seven-figure coaches, you can go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. And if you're interested in getting our help in the short term, coaching you one-on-one -on -one or mentoring you one-on-one -on -one to scale your coaching business to six figures in the next 90 days or taking it to seven figures over the next 12 months, go ahead and check out a couple of our programs at xanderfryer.com forward slash programs and feel free to set up a quick 15-minute call with our team to see what we can dig into, find what's not working in your business and see how we can help you scale to that next level. Other than that, I'll see you in the next episode. Hello, Jay Williams here, head of client success here at High Impact Coaching, and I am here with Rena Martin. Hi, Rena. Hello, Jay. So Rena is a women's intimacy coach and one of the hardest working people that I know. Uh, when she started with us, she was a full-time lawyer doing, doing the business on the side, and within a matter of weeks, she quit that job to focus on coaching full-time. So today we're going to dig into her story, find out how she learned to charge what she's worth and bring a different kind of uh, energy to our life. So before we get there, let's start back at the beginning. So you recently, like in the last few months, quit quit practicing law. How long were you a lawyer? Um, I started with the L.A. County District Attorney's Office when I was 25 years old. Uh, I'm now 39. So um, I left pretty much almost right at my 14 year anniversary um, as a prosecutor for L.A. County. Wow. Wow. Was that, was that like, was being a lawyer your dream? Was that something you would, I mean, cause it takes a long time to go through that process. I know. I know. It's funny. So I went to college thinking I was going to be a music journalist and I took a fourth year level criminology class just for fun as an elective. And I was like, this is so fascinating. And so I knew that I wanted to work in the area of crime, um, but I also knew I didn't want to be a police officer and on the streets carrying a gun. I also knew that I wanted to make a bigger impact than just being an academic. And so I thought, what can I do um, to help victims and survivors of crime? So I decided to be a prosecutor and I figured, well, I got to go to law school to do that. So my dream was never to be a lawyer. It was really to be a DA specifically. And so I got my dream job. I was able to do it for 14 years. And um, fortunately, I've had a second dream and I'm now able to do that. Yeah. So like it was you were doing the thing that you wanted to do, but then, then something started to change. Like when did that change? What happened? I'd say a few years ago. So I spent the majority of my career working with survivors of sexual assault, domestic violence, um, prosecuting child abuse cases as well. And um, 
I realized I was I was burning out. Um, the vicarious trauma of doing that day in and day out wore on me. Um, yeah. The juries coming back with unpredictable verdicts wore on me. And so from there, I decided to focus um, on a different area of law within the DA's office. And I just started falling out of love with my job. It became a paycheck and uh, a very stable one with golden handcuffs attached and a pension and all those good things. But um, so initially I was like, I'll just ride this out until I'm 50 when I can retire. But then I thought, you know, that's 10 more years of my life. And I I don't know if I can stay that long. I have a bigger purpose here and I'm only here once on this earth. So, So that's basically what happens. How did you find your way into coaching? Well, um, a few years ago, I decided that I wanted to help people. And at the time, I didn't know if that was going to look like therapy um, or becoming a coach. The pandemic hit and um, there's a coaching program that I really resonated with called Journey. And so I enrolled with them, not really sure what I was going to do with that. And um, but knowing that I wanted to work in the sex and intimacy space. I was fortunate enough to start gaining traction right away and having women within my own program coming to me saying, hey, um, I would love to help you get your pro bono hours and I need some help. So that's where I started. I eventually got a few paying clients um, from outside the program and was doing this on the side and found it to be extremely rewarding. But at that time, I knew that if I wanted to do this full time, something was going to have to change. And I'm not a business savvy person. I am a financially risk averse person, which probably explains why I stayed in my job longer than perhaps I wanted to. Um, And so that's how I found you guys, basically. So like, you make it sound so like straightforward, but like, how long were you thinking like, okay, I want to do something different? Like how long between that thought and when you actually started coaching people? Um, About two years, I'd say. Right. Right. And so during that time you were just kind of searching, like, like, how did you, how did you search? Was it just like this general discontent or were you, you know, reading books about it or like, how are you, how did you find yourself there? So I had this kind of watershed moment. Um, I was talking to my partner and at the time I had been transferred to what's considered to be a pretty elite unit within the district attorney's office. Um, and It's a pathway to becoming a judge or being in upper management. And I wasn't very happy there. And so my partner said to me, like, well, do you want to be a judge? And do you want to be in upper management? And I said, no, I don't. (laughs) He's like, well, then why are you doing this? And it was literally just that conversation in that moment where I thought, why am I doing this? And so I started researching um, going to grad school so that I could become a therapist Um, and so that was my thought, like, I'll, I'll start this in a few years when my law school loans are paid off and then I'll accumulate a bunch more loans. (laughs) But then, um, once I started digging into the difference between therapy and coaching, um, I realized that coaching would actually allow me to serve people in a better way and use my own story, um, as a source of healing for other women. And so I really found that that that's the area that was best that I'm best suited for um, rather than being a therapist. I love therapists, um, but coaching is really more my jam. Got it. Okay, so so you started doing you you kind of landed on like, okay, I'm going to help people with or help women with intimacy sometime around what, 18 months ago, 
or so? I would say when I had a very clear idea of it, um, as far as being a coach was during the pandemic. So last summer, um, I, middle of the summer, but really for the last couple of years, this idea has been brewing of wanting to help people. But at that time I thought it was going to be about a decade before I'd be able to do that because I'd have to wait until I'd officially retired. So, um, so yeah. only like only like nine months ago. <laughs> so when you started, like, did you have a particular goal? Like, what, what did you what were you hoping it would it would be? Oh, gosh. I mean, when I started, um, my only goal was, oh, my gosh, if I can do this just part time and have a part time practice working with women while I have my stable income through um, my job at the DA's office, that would have been a dream come true for me. And so what I've been able to imagine since then has changed in a way that I I just couldn't have imagined. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so last summer you kind of said, okay, I'm going to do this as a (laughs) part-time and Uh like, how did you know what to do in the beginning? Like, how did you set up your business? Well, um, I was going through a coaching training program. It was about six months long. And so from there, I, I learned the fundamentals of how to be an ethical coach, um, how it's different than therapy, and really how to start using in- appreciative inquiry to be a successful coach. I was doing my own work um, as far as gaining the skills that are necessary to work with people in the sex, intimacy, and relationship space. So I was reading books. I was listening to podcasts. Um, I joined a few professional organizations so that I could be part of a network of other educators who work in this space. And so I did a tremendous amount of work. And I think it held me back because I thought I can't start doing this until I know everything. Right. Mm, Yeah. And um, but then I realized that I don't want to know everything. One, I can't know everything. But two, I don't want to know everything right now because I want to be constantly learning and I can start helping people now. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, a decade and a half of experience working with trauma survivors, working with women who who have had that sense of dignity and sense of love for their body taken away from them. And so I bring that experience in. I bring in the experience of having worked with juries, um, presenting in front of large groups of people. So yeah. so integrating all of that um, together was helpful. And, you know, a decade and a half worth of experience of interviewing um, survivors and coming from a trauma-informed perspective was really helpful. Too. I love that. It's it's like you you did enough research to realize that you actually know you know, a lot already about how to help people. Uh, You said something that a term I hadn't heard before, appreciative inquiry. Tell me more Mm -hmm. about that. What's that? Well, it's just a way of questioning people from a place of curiosity. Mm. Um, And and it's the art of the question, right? The questions that we ask are methods to get people to reexamine how they've looked at their whole lives, much like when my partner asked me, like, well, are those things that you actually want to do? Yeah. And it took that one question, right, to get me to just change my entire perspective on what my future was going to look like. And um, seeing the power of the question is really is really appreciative inquiry. Got it. Is there like a is there like a system of how you ask the questions? 
that that comes with that or um i think it's based i mean really on the topic at hand so if people are talking about money you know it's asking like what is what are your beliefs around money like where do these beliefs come from and getting them to appreciate um that these beliefs have a source and then going back and questioning that source um and seeing if that source and that lens is still valid for them right got it okay so you started doing sort of coaching on the side Right. And at a certain point, you reached out and you found HIC. What kind of led you to like what kind of led you to us? Like, well, why HIC? Um, <laughs> honestly, I I I don't know how I saw you guys on Instagram <laughs> and I was super skeptical and was like, well, first of all, I came into this year knowing that if I had any hope of doing this full time, I needed help. I just, I didn't have the business savvy to do it. And okay, so, um, so at a certain point when you're doing it part-time, you said, I got to do this full-time. I would love to do this full-time and I want to see if that's viable. And I need some professionals to come in and help me see if that's viable because I don't know how to do this. I'm not an entrepreneur or I didn't think so at the time. Um, and so, so yeah, this ad popped up and I'm like, yeah, this sounds kind of too good to be true. This sounds a little spammy, but I, but I bit right. And I, I think I, I commented something or I DM something and then set up a call and then, you know, gave some price objections and the things that normally happen. And, um, and Kahal was like, look, you can keep researching if you want, but it sounds like you're trying to do this thing we are built to help you do this thing. So why not just do it? Mm. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And it's the best decision I've ever made. (laughs) So you had a really clear goal when you started, which was, I want to be able to quit my job. I want to test the viability of this being a career. I honestly didn't think if you had told me Um, at the beginning of the year, I would be leaving my job within a few months, I would not have believed you. And I think when I started with HIC, I was like, it'd be amazing if like a year from now, I could safely transition out. And it happens so fast. So fast. How long did it take you? (laughs) My last, so I started with HIC, I think the end of January. And my last day at the DA's office was March 8th. Wow. (laughs) So like, instead of, instead of 12 months, it was like eight weeks. Yeah. Six, seven weeks. That's amazing. No, I think less than that. Yeah. (laughs) That is amazing. So like, where did you, you know, as you kind of went through that process, what shifted for you? Like, why, why were you able to make that happen so quickly? It was all mindset, honestly, Mm -hmm. uh, just knowing that, um, that I can command the value um, of my worth, but also that by commanding a higher value, I I deliver a better product to my clients. Like I've seen that. I've seen this compared to the hourly structure I had before and just rethinking that I am not a commodity. My time is not a commodity and that I am delivering a result and the kind of result that women left on their own to wander around and try to figure this out on their own. Like some may never even get there or it's going to take them years to get there. And based on my own personal journey of having gone through this and dissolving shame around my body, sex and intimacy, 
Um, it took me years and I don't believe that it should have to take women years to get there. And so I developed a program that is the exact kind of thing that I would have needed at that point to get to where I wanted to go quickly. And that's what I now deliver to women and the results have been tremendous. And so I wouldn't have thought of creating a structured flagship program about creating a high ticket program and really changing my mindset about this had it not been for HIC. Yeah, that's a that's such a great point because you already had clients that you were working with that were paying you, you know, hourly, like you said, or, you know, just, just whatever you thought was kind of fair. Well, and I thought I was actually charging, not overcharging, but that I was on the higher end of my hourly rate, considering the fact that I hadn't been coaching for long, um, that I was commanding a high hourly rate while I was still in my coaching training. So, um, so that was a huge shift. And just understanding that making an impact in the world is truly what I want to do, that this isn't about me and trying to meet a number per month. This is about like my mission that's always been there since I was a DA and now it just looks a little bit different, but helping women um, and helping as many women as I possibly can and knowing how to scale that um, has been huge for me. That is such a critical point at the beginning of your business or along the path of your business when you decide, hey, I am worth more, <laughs> right? I am I am worth more. I'm not a commodity. Like there had to be a lot of kind of fear and things that were stopping you, leading you to that, right? Like how did you overcome that? A lot of the mindset work that, that you guys teach us, I mean, I still to this day, like I've got every morning now I got my journal and I do my five minutes of fear writing. I do my three gratitudes. I do my five brags. I do my affirmation. I do my visualization and really just seeing the power of, of thinking differently. Um, and now I I'm fortunate enough to, to pass these beautiful tools onto my clients too, um, because they worked for me. Yeah. You know, my goals were a little different. These were business goals. And, and so that's different than, than what I coach my clients on. But, but that's really what, what shifted was understanding this idea that like, there are people right now, um, crying themselves to sleep because of how they're feeling. And I want to get to them and I want to help them. And so that's what you guys helped me with. That's amazing. What was it like to have that first person say yes, when you asked for more than you'd ever asked for in the past? I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then when the second person said yes, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this idea that with women, so few of us have ever just invested in ourselves. Usually it's we invest in um, education. We invest in our appearance for other people, but really investing in our own internal selves. Very few of us have us, very few of us have ever done that. And so being at that critical moment in a woman's life when she's like, you know what, I'm going to do things differently now um, is, is huge. And so I see the power in that now and that women are more invested in the process um, because they've invested financially in a way that my hourly clients um, 
never put in as much of um, the work because I didn't demand as much of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's a bit different now. Yeah. That, that was a huge shift for me. Just thinking, just thinking about like, you could deliver the same product for, you know, one tenth of the price and you'll get less than half the results. It's almost like when you, when you charge what you're worth, it does have to work for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. And and you start to look like, okay, I, I'm actually a really good coach and it encourages you to continue to go out there and help more people. Um, And it allows me to be selective about the clients I work with. Like I, I am not going to enroll you into my program unless I am a hundred percent confident I can help you. Yeah. And so that's really it is not like, you know, anyone who's willing to pay me a few hundred bucks an hour, I'll talk to you. Like, no, I'm going, it's going to be worth every penny because the result I'm going to get you is priceless. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the difference. So you, you know, again, you, you kind of make this sound like so easy, like, okay, we just start this thing and we're just like getting to the end. I'm like, you know, quit my job. It's all good. Like what kind of struggles did you have along the way? I mean, no, this was not easy. Me quitting my job was the scariest thing I've ever done. Literally the day that I told my boss, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Um, I, you know, TMI, but this is kind of my jam. I was throwing up all day, (laughs) literally sick all day with anxiety over this because it's, it's the scariest thing I've ever done. Like Mm -hmm. I've ended marriages. I've moved across the world. This is by far the scariest, most terrifying thing I have ever done. Mm. Um, so yes, now I can be like la di da, sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> but no, I don't want to discount the fact that this was terrifying. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, it, a lot of um, a lot of imposter syndrome. A lot of my own questions about like, am I going to fall flat on my face? Um, and is this really my path? And how will I know? Is there going to be some sign that's going to drop down from the sky and tell me like, Rena, you're doing the right thing. Um, and I feel like I have had those. They're little signs that drop down, yeah. but, um, and they're validated every day, but no, this was not easy at yeah. all. So at like, all. you had that moment where you're just like, you have this crazy anxiety. Like, why did you go through with it? Like, what, what, how did you push through that? You know, the anxiety, I, I did some of the self-talk with myself that I do with clients was like, this is scary and this should be scary because you're doing something you have never done before and lean into that discomfort. Know that the physical symptoms are temporary and understand that this sheer terror is going to turn into joy and excitement. And it did. Yeah, um, yeah completely worth it. Yeah, that's amazing. I, you know, and, and dealing with fear is one of those things that as a business owner, you're dealing with this constantly. It doesn't go away. You know, you'll, you'll have a, you'll, you know, things will be, things will be amazing. And then you'll have a slow week and you'll start questioning, like, is our, you know, is this going to be the way it is? Is the jig up Has you know, has someone figured out that I don't know what I'm doing? Uh, and, oh, yeah, and you're, typical like imposter syndrome stuff for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you're always, you're always kind of leaning into that discomfort. And, and I think you're, you're, like you mentioned, your daily mindset practice helps a lot. Are there other things that you're, that you're doing to encourage yourself to keep leaning into that? Hmm. 
I mean, just this idea of messy action that you guys talk about and done being better than perfect. I know when I started with HIC, I had never posted a video of myself talking um, online. Um, I was actually challenged by some of my colleagues because I teach in an online wellness organization. And back, I think it was December, um, the person who runs our organization was like, I'm challenging all of you instructors to post a video of yourself every day for the month of December, January, I can't remember. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. Like, period, like flat out, no, N-O. And I think after I got off my kickoff call with you guys, my first comfort crushing challenge was like, go in the Facebook group and post a video of yourself. Oh God. So I was like, I'm going to do it. Like I invested in this, right? That was the difference. Like Mm -hmm. I had just financially invested in this program and like, I'm going to go all in, like, I'm only going to do this once. And so I'm going to go all in. And now I post a lot of content and it was terrifying at first. And now I kind of love it. Like (laughs) I like being me. I like me. Right. And I like resonating, um, through video with people. And now I completely forgot what your original question no, was. I, <laughs> no, it's, it was, uh, my, my original question was, are there other things that you're doing to kind of keep leaning into discomfort? But I, and so that's one of them, right. Is doing something every week that, um, that is a little outside my comfort zone. And so it was doing videos. Um, the past few weeks I have been proactive about reaching out um, and making connections with people kind of outside of the space I work in to see about collaborations. So that's been really good. And um, I don't know what it'll be next week, but it'll be something. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I like that. One thing you said there that I, I really just want to underline is like, you know, you had somebody ask you to do this, this kind of comfort crushing challenge in December. And you're like, no, nah, not interested. That's not for me. All right. Someone else can do that. But then when you invested in yourself, and someone said, hey, you got to do this, <laughs> then you're like, okay, well, I already made a decision. I'm kind of in on this, so I'm going to do it. And that's, you know, that that's kind of what we were saying earlier about like, when you, when you invest in yourself, you're more likely to follow through and get the result. And it's the a same with your clients. Percent. When they invest in, in themselves, they're going to follow through and get the result. And that's actually the first part of coaching. When you're having that call with someone and you say, hey, this is an investment in yourself. And this is why high ticket coaching works. Exactly. Because it worked on me, right? (laughs) I saw that I was putting in the work because I had invested in myself. And, um, and so this idea of starting from the top down and commanding your worth and creating a flagship program, I I could see it working in real time because it was working with me. And yeah, that's amazing. I, what was the quote that if if uh, if enough information is all we needed, we'd all be billionaires with six packs, right? <laughs> information can only take us so far. We need action. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what would you tell a coach? So, just rewind back, not even that far, six months ago. What would you tell a coach who is struggling with uh, kind of mindset and? you know, some of the issues that you were struggling with before when you were thinking about making this happen, what would you tell someone in that position? Mm. That um, you can't do this on your own. Like you need help. Mm. And uh, that was the game changer for me was saying like, 
I'm an expert at, at certain things and I'm not an expert um, at figuring out what a business looks like and delegate. Like a lot of us suffer from perfectionism and we think that because we can do everything ourselves that we should, or we don't even know what we can't do. And so this idea of like delegate, ask somebody whose sole mission and sole job and career is to help people like you and ask them for help. I think really honing in on your niche is huge. Um, I, I know that a lot of life coaches starting out have these kind of amorphous, like, I'm going to help you live your best life, or I'm going to help you transform. And it's like, how do you differentiate yourself from all the other coaches out there? Um, and so I think that I was blessed in that regard, because even though my offer statement or my niche statement has changed over time. I knew very clearly from the beginning that I wanted to work in the sex, love and intimacy space, which is specific enough. But um, I think a lot of coaches come in just kind of saying I'm a life transition coach. And as a result, they don't attract clients because their offer statement isn't clear. So I think that would be my biggest piece of advice is like, get clear on what you want to do so that you can harness all your energy into that and kind of ignore the rest. Yeah, I love that, I love that. All right, so last question I have for you. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Jay, you're putting me on the spot here. I guess (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a, a piece of advice I got recently from a friend and mentor of mine Um, we were talking about imposter syndrome and she said, imposter syndrome is good. When you stop having imposter syndrome, it means you've outgrown the space you're in. Mm. And that really resonated with me because, um, I've seen that throughout my life. And when she said that, I was like, yes, that's when I get bored. And that's a signal. Mm. If I'm not feeling like an imposter that, that perhaps it's time to push outside of my comfort zone again. Mm. So that is the most recent kind of mind-blowing piece of advice I've ever gotten was kind of to chase the imposter syndrome. That is amazing. I love that. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Rena. If someone wanted to reach out to you for advice or any questions, where could they find you? Um, so I have a website, renamartine.com. I'm also on Instagram. Just search Rena Martine, R-E-N-A-M-A-R-T-I-N-E. I have a link there if anyone wants to schedule a 15-minute intimacy breakthrough. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram and uh, check out my website too. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks again for your time. And we'll see you again very soon. Thank you, Jay. Bye.